Episode 42, Church History, Part 11. A lot is going on in the 4th century. Constantine the Great has recognized Christianity as the religion of Rome. Athanasius, the Bishop of Alexandria, has authorized books of the Bible to be canonized. Julius I, Bishop of Rome, declares December the 25th the official date of Yeshua's birth date. Historians believed he picked this date because... The 25th of December was the pagan celebrations of Saturn, or the Sun, also known as Sol Invictus. And we also know that's the same day of Nimrod's reincarnated son, Tammuz's birthday as well. Julius was born in Rome and agreed with Athanasius, and he was in full support of the Trinitarian Gospel and the stance against Arianism. Now, Julian, the apostate, was the nephew of Constantine. He became the emperor in 361. He was a noted scholar and military leader and was proclaimed emperor by his troops. Julian didn't like Christianity and declared in 361 that he was a pagan. He wanted to restore the Roman Empire back to its original strength and glory with Hellenism as the state religion. He targeted wealthy and educated Christians because he wanted to drive out the governing classes of the empire. He even restored pagan temples confiscated by Constantine. In 362 AD, Julian issued an edict to allow freedom of worship of all religion. He even tried to build a Jewish temple in Jerusalem, but he didn't succeed. In 363, he invaded the Persian territory to ascertain military glory and elevate Rome in the east. But he was wounded in the war and died. After Julian's death, all the Roman emperors in the east and the west thereafter were Christian. Julian was the last openly pagan emperor, while the remaining emperors were openly Christian with pagan roots and ways. Gratian became the emperor in 367 and he passed the Edict of Tolerance in 378, which restored bishops, exiled, and ensured religious freedoms to all religions. He also stopped pagan worship. In 380 AD, Gratian and co-emperor Valentinian II and Theodosius, the emperor in the East, issued the Edict of Thessalonica. This edict made Nicene Christianity the only legal form of Christianity and outlawed all other forms of religion. Catholic Christianity was the state religion of the Roman Empire. This brought to an end a period of widespread religious tolerance that had existed since the death of Julian, the last known non-Christian emperor. As Christianity and the Trinity became the religion for Rome, Arianism continued to spread. Historians noted that the Gothics became Aryan Christians and Arianism was passed on to other German tribes as they settled in the West. Theodosius even ordered Demophilius, the bishop of Constantinople, to abandon his Aryan beliefs and was ordered to give up his churches to leave Constantinople. Bishops being over churches is nowhere in the scripture but it's the foundation of the Roman Catholic Christian Church. After 40 years of Arian bishops, all the churches of Constantinople were forced to follow the Nicene Creed. Arians were exiled from the churches in the East as well if they didn't conform to the Christian Catholic religion. In 381, the first ecumenical council of Constantinople was held by Emperor Theodosius with Christian bishops in the East and the West to resolve the schisms and heresies going on. 
They define the third person of the Trinity as the Holy Ghost, as equal to the Father and proceeding from Him, and the Son as begotten of Him. Canons were written to condemn Arianism, Macedonianism, which believed the Holy Ghost was not a part of the Godhead, and other religions not approved by the Christian Catholic Church. They defined bishop jurisdictions or territories to oversee or govern, as well as patriarchal limits. Constantinople was determined as the new Rome. Limitations to accuse bishops of wrongdoings were defined, and procedures for handling heretics into the church was also determined. In 382 AD, Damasus I is the bishop of Rome. He determines that scripture needed to be better translated. Damasus was born in Rome and became the archdeacon of the Roman church. He faced accusations of murder and adultery. He was known as the ladies ear tickler. Okay. Damasus appointed Jerome, a scholar to be his secretary and encouraged him to revise the different versions of scripture being used at that time into a more precise Latin version of the Greek New Testament and the Septuagint. This translation was called Jerome's Latin Vulgate Manuscript. Now we see Jerome is not a black person's name. It came from Rome. Jerome, Rome, duh. Britannica states, Jerome's revised Latin translation of the Gospels appeared about 383 AD. Using the Septuagint Greek version of the Old Testament, he produced new Latin translations of the Psalms, so-called Gallican Psalter, the Book of Job, and some other books. Later, he decided that the Septuagint was unsatisfactory and began translating the entire Old Testament from the original Hebrew versions, a process that he completed about 405 AD. Jerome was born to Christian parents near Slovenia. He was a scholar of Latin literature. He regularly visited the catacombs or passages of burials and was baptized. Historians say he was a hermit. He enjoyed reading pagan literature and had a bad dream that caused him to stop reading or possessing pagan literature. He even fasted and prayed to sustain from the temptation. Church controversies regarding apostolic succession, Trinitarianism versus Arianism. He believed these theological issues should be handled in oneness with the bishop. In studying scripture from 379 to 382, Jerome was discipled by St. Gregory of Nazianzus. St. Gregory was a theologian and archbishop of Constantinople. He was a trained orator and philosopher that infused Hellenism into the church, establishing the paradigm of Byzantine theologians and Christian officials. St. Gregory was known as a Trinitarian theologian. Jerome was also discipled by Gregory of Nyssa, whose philosophical writings were influenced by Origen. Remember Origen, the church father, student of Clement? Clement followed Hellenism and believed Plato philosophies agreed to Christianity. I guess Jerome forgot about the dream he had, and he didn't bother to fast and pray when it came to these pagan writings and influences. Britannica states, Under such influences, Jerome improved his knowledge of Greek and developed an admiration for Origen's exegesis. He translated 14 of Origen's sermons on Old Testament books into Latin. He translated the church historian's Eusebius Chronicles and continued it to the year of 378. But the most decisive influence on Jerome's later life was to return to Rome. 
in 382 as secretary of Pope Domitius. There he pushed his scholarly work on the Bible and propagated the ascetic or abstinent lifestyle. With Domitius urging him, Jerome wrote some short exegetical tracts and translated two sermons of origin on the Song of Solomon. More importantly, he revised the old Latin version of the Gospels on the basis of the best Greek manuscripts at his command and made his first, somewhat unsuccessful, revision of the old Latin Psalter based on a few Septuagint Greek translation of the Old Testament manuscripts. Later, Jerome translated the entire Old Testament into Latin because he felt the Septuagint wasn't accurate. What? In the 3rd century BC, Ptolemy and the Greeks had 72 Hebrew scholars supposedly translate the original Hebrew Bible, which was the Old Testament and the Apocrypha, into Greek, which was then translated into Latin. Prior to Jerome's translation, or the Jerome Vulgate, which means common, all Latin translations of the Old Testament were based on the Septuagint. Jerome was educated in Rome and was subject to all the pagan ways. Even though he tried to run from it, eventually he gave in to the same pagan influences as Athanasius and Marcion. Athanasius selected the 27 books of the New Testament as well as only 22 Old Testament books. Marcion, he selected only the books of Paul, which was 13 books of Paul and one revised book of Luke. So Jerome, who did not know Hebrew, translated the Old Testament from the original Hebrew to Latin, with the help, of course, from the rabbis. But they were not original Israelites or Judaites. Jerome included the Apocrypha only to be used as church books, but not to be canonized. Jerome also translated the New Testament into Latin. He used the list from Athanasius. The 27 books of the New Testament chosen by Athanasius was formally canonized in 393 AD during the Council of Hippo. The Jerome Vulgate, which included the New and Old Testament translated in Latin, would be used by scholars for the next 1,000 years and play a huge part in Western Christianity. Oh, y'all, help us to find all of our Hebrew books from the Old and New Testament that's been written by our Hebrew men and women. In 392 AD, Theodosius became the emperor of the West and the East. He proclaimed paganism in public and private was illegal. He also tried to reunite the East and the West portions of the empire, but forcing Christianity on everyone didn't go over very well especially with its history of persecuting pagans. Civil wars in the empire were going on from 383 AD to about 394 AD, when Theodosius defeated Eugenius, who wanted to restore paganism to the empire. Theodosius declared the Nicene Trinitarian Christianity to be the only legitimate imperial religion and the only religion that could call itself Catholic. Non-Christian religions and those who didn't support the Trinity were called foolish madmen. Kingdom Prepper states, Following the events of 394, Christianity enjoyed greater privileges and saw its Catholic clergy placed in equal standing with the realm's most celebrated pagan priest. Toward the end of the 4th century, the privileges extended to the church by the Orthodox imperials included 
the fiscal as well as the judicial variety. Since the church was elevated above the common law of the empire and thus was now a state within a state, the church was in effect able to establish its own laws which it steered by internal tribunals. This became canon law. Sentences passed on individuals through the realm's imperial tribunals could be bypassed by bishops who chose to exercise the church's right of sanctuary. The ordinary law courts of the Roman state relinquished judicial control over the church, so its clergy was exempted from its strictors. Through the acts of the late 4th century Roman emperors, Theodosius in particular, the ancient Catholic Church for the first time in history was fully independent of the Roman state's imperial jurisdiction. This was all necessary in order for the church to fulfill the prophecies that pointed to its unrivaled strength, which would later amass on its course to achieving full power. Read Revelations 17 and pay attention to verse 4. As we seek truth, please seek truth with us. Please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or comment here. We don't claim to know everything. We just seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that knows everything. Let truth roar. Let truth reign. Let truth speak. And let truth set you and your entire family free. Truth roars, truth reigns, truth speaks, truth sets me free. Please see a podcast disclaimer at truthwars.com.